0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Debenport.
1: This is Ellen Debenport with Voices of Unity. Welcome back to the show. If you've been listening to this series, we're starting a new one today with Reverend Carla McClellan, also known as Coach Carla. She's a Unity minister. She's a life coach, and she's been walking us through how to design our lives, how to come up with a dream or a vision and how to counteract those voices in our heads that tell us this will never work, we're not good enough, nothing ever works out. Uh, Last week we talked about, okay, so you've got a dream for your life, now what do you do? And Carla had several steps for that that we'll probably revisit today. But today's about questions the powerful questions that expand possibilities. So as you know, Voices of Unity is a show where guests come on for several weeks at a time so that they can really dive deep with us on their area of expertise. And Carla, yours is how to live a better life. Easily. And we're grateful. <laughs> live with
2: ease and grace. Ease and grace. Yeah. So tell me about these powerful questions. Well, you know, Ellen, we experience our life through the questions we are asking ourselves. What are we? What are we listening to? What question am I listening to? So, um, where our mind is a constant meaning-making machine, so it's always running a question and then giving an answer back. You could like. Questions like, what do
1: I need to do next? What's going? Yes, what, what did he mean by that? Yes, what should I have for
2: supper? Yes. <laughs> I really need to not eat dessert again
1: <laughs> That's not a question,
2: <laughs> but that's a, yes, <laughs> do I really have to skip dessert yes, again again. um so we can ask questions uh, like, okay, what's my issue now, or we can shift our focus to What's an what's the most interesting idea I can focus on right now? Um, we can look at what's going on around us and try and figure out um, uh, w- from which parent did we get this problem from? Uh, uh, why is that person always out to get me? We can ask those kind of questions, or we can ask. <laughs>
1: I'm guessing those are not the proper questions
2: uh th- there there are questions though we ask ourselves, you know yes. a lot of the time so so we're either looking at healing the past issue, so worrying about the past, or we're projecting our worries into the future.
1: Fearing the future. Fear yeah. is always about the future, right?
2: Right. Always. So what we want to do is we want to stay in this moment now. We want to be present to what is most um, interesting to us right now. Um, so that sounds real easy, but it is difficult to do. I mean, to be awake Conscious, as our caller last week pointed out, to be conscious to what's most important to us requires us to to be awake and to make some effort. Okay. So let me try to put
1: this in a context. We talked last week about you have a vision for your life. What do you do with that? Mm-hmm. You said to write it down. Write it because down. Because writing is very powerful and it keeps it in front of you. Mm-hmm. Then set an intention, which is how you're going to be in this process. Or is it during the process or when you reach your goal?
2: No, it's during the process because an intention focuses, directs our energy. You know, so it guides what step we'll take next. Um, so if I know that my intention is to be a successful communicator, then as I'm with you today and our listeners on the radio show, I'm, I'm thinking about what are the best words to use, how to clearly express myself. So I take action towards being that successful communicator. So it's a being and then a doing. The action is OK. Important. I, yeah. Right. So the
1: steps are to write it down, set the intention, take action. Mm-hmm. And then one that I think we ran out of time before we got to this, but the last one was gratitude. Yeah. You talk a lot about gratitude.
2: I call gratitude our superpower. OK. Because we can't worry and be grateful at the same time. So when you catch yourself worrying, think, what am I most grateful for right now here in this moment? I'm most grateful that um, we've got listeners. Mm -hmm. to our radio show, that we get to be together and share ideas, share spiritual principles that can make a difference in our life. I'm grateful that the room isn't too hot. You know, I'm (laughs) grateful I brought water with me. It's the simple things, because once we catch that habit of gratitude, it's easier and easier for us to find it. Oftentimes, we think there's nothing I have. To be grateful for right now, you don't know the issues going on in my life and how deep my problems are. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not the consciousness
1: from which to create a new and better life. Not really. <laughs> that's holding on to lack and
2: limitation. Right. Remember though, our brain is tipped towards the negative. It that's where it wants to go no matter what. Isn't that sad? It is. I know it's a survival mechanism, uh-huh. but it's a shame. Well, you you know it it for me You know, I've said before how my parents were ministers. Mm -hmm. You know, I always ask my dad, why is the negative so much more interesting? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, I don't know. I just think people, there's more energy around it. But that's not really true. We found out that the brain actually is tipped that Mm -hmm. way. So our brains, remember, are Velcro for the negative (laughs) and Teflon for the good. That's why we want to learn to observe our thoughts.
1: Yes, and then shift them.
2: And then shift them. You don't want to say that too fast. (laughs) (laughs) Change them. Change them. Improve them. Effortlessly.
1: Yeah, which is where unity gets into affirmations, which are short statements of truth Mm -hmm. that you can use all the time. Like, I am worthy. I live in a universe of abundance. I try to pick affirmations that my brain won't argue with.
2: Yeah. You know, some
1: people affirm, I'll have a billion dollars by the end of the week. Well, no, no, no. because your brain will argue that's ridiculous.
2: And that's where our will becomes um, uh, a very valuable function, um, faculty to use, because if we direct, if we say, I am willing to be, it gives breathing room to the monkey mind. There's nothing to climb onto. We know. I am is is the most powerful statement we can be the most powerful two words we can begin a statement with, because then we're declaring Mm
1: -hmm.
2: who we are and what are what um, what we want in our life, where we want to go Um, to say I am willing really allows the monkey mind to to um, to die down. Because there's nothing to grasp onto. I am willing. When you say I am, till you practice at it, you and I have been saying affirmations for a long, long time. But you know, when you first start practicing affirmations, um, it feels uncomfortable. Yes. And it feels um, a little silly. A little silly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> and it, and it So our monkey mind is engaged in those times.
1: Saying, this is silly.
2: This is silly. Mm -hmm. What are you doing now? Right. Stay in your nice, comfortable box. (laughs) And because you're used to it. The Mm -hmm. monkey mind is to keep us safe. So we never want to really listen to that when we're courageously trying something new in our life. The key is to to give the monkey, as I say, a banana, And put it in the corner so it can eat the banana while you become more interested in that vision, in that dream you have. You know, um, what's a game worth playing and goals worth playing for? That's more interesting than you're too old to be doing that now, which sometimes will creep up on me. Yes. That darn monkey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the other thing that that we mentioned in last week's show that I wanted to get back to on this week's show, too, Mm -hmm. is your promise. Why making promises are so uh, uh, effective in compelling us forward towards transformation. Right. I think we promised you were going to talk about promises this week.
1: (laughs) Well, so do you mean promising what you'll do, promising to other people?
2: Promising yourself. Promising yourself, promising other people. We make promises all the time, don't we?
1: I'm much better about promises to other people than the ones to myself.
2: You got an amen from me there, too. Yeah. Yeah, I break them to
1: myself all the time.
2: I'm the bottom of the list. And what happens when we make a promise and we don't keep it is that there is a gap between in our energy so that there is not the flow it's like we've created a, um if like you were watering your lawn it's like you've sprung a leak in the hose uh-huh. when we don't keep a promise now we all um break promises all the time it's not what we intend to do and it's not what we want to do we want to be conscious and a contribution um but but we we do that. We break a promise. So the idea is not to beat yourself up if you're not perfect with your promises, but to remember to be successful is to keep your promises consistently. To be successful is to do what you say you're going to do, with clarity, focus, ease, and grace. To be conscious is to have those four components, too. To be clear about what's important to you. To focus your energy towards what you've just said is important to you. And to do it bit by bit. Not swallowing the frog whole. <laughs> you know? And, and also to do it in gratitude. Knowing that grace will always lift us towards our vision.
1: So I'm needing an example of this.
2: Okay. Um, Okay. I promised you that I would be a guest on your radio show. Yes. For um, eight weeks, correct? I think it's eight, yes. Um, So in that course of those weeks, life comes up. Yes. Yes. And so we have to make adjustments to it. But it's the most important thing to me is to keep my promise to you because you're scheduling a show a year out. So there's travel plans we, we have to work around. There's um, uh, If I was unable to be on the show, there would cre- create a gap in energy Be for what I promised me and what I promised you. And the listeners. Yes. It would be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. It would not demonstrate mastery in coaching. Um, and it, it would, it takes away your confidence. It like disappoints yourself. It lets yourself down when you can't keep a promise. Is that clear? Well,
1: yes. And then I'm, I'm thinking of the really simple promises people make to themselves like, going to start getting to bed earlier. Yeah. And or around diet or exercise or any kind of self-care, but it just sounds like discipline to me.
2: Well, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. <laughs> we it's persistence is important. So, rather than tap into that perfectionist streak where we got to do it perfectly, the idea is 80% of the time, I'm going to keep my promises. You know, give yourself some breathing space.
1: For, for most people. I do know some very, I won't say rigid, but very disciplined people. And it works for them. You know, they eat certain things every day. They have a certain period for meditation. Just a routine. And they seem to thrive on that.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I envy. <laughs> <laughs> People who can do that. The idea is no action is taken when we're in balanced state, and life is about moving forward. It is about being moving energy in a certain direction. So if you keep yourself real scheduled, it it, it might create a state of mind within you that feels very peaceful, mm-hmm. um, very calm. Um, and I admire that, but I like my life to be a little more chaotic than that. Whatever Perhaps works for you. That's the way I rationalize um, not being obedient. <laughs> it could be along those lines. It could be my monkey mind. I know that in Unity we've got the term two chemicalization. Oh, yeah. So you set an intention. I am going to go to bed earlier tonight. Mm -hmm. Guess what happens?
1: Things will come up that you need to stay up for.
2: Yeah, the best shows are on. Right, You know, there's a the, uh, special that is on PBS tonight, and it's not going to be on for another six weeks, and you've got to watch it tonight. Or the
1: game is going into overtime, and you've <laughs> got to see what happens.
2: Or somebody calls you and really, really, really needs to talk to you, and you really, really, really want to talk to them and go to bed earlier, you know. So so that's why strategies work so well. Yeah. There's a difference to me between um, being uh, scheduled and having a strategy for what I will do with. So if number one on my list is to get to bed early tonight, that's what will be most meaningful to me. I've got to hook it with a goal. You know, why do I want to go to bed earlier? What's the importance of that? Why would that be more meaningful an action to take? See the questions I'm asking? Why would that be more meaningful than um, uh, watching a special that's on TV or the game going overtime or someone calling who really wants to talk to me? I'm
1: having a hard time with this question. <laughs> Why would it be more meaningful?
2: Well, I know that what I've got going on the next day and I know I'm better Mentally and spiritually, if I'm rested, they say if less than um, six hours of sleep a night, and you're functioning drunk.
1: I've heard that. Yes. So sleep deprivation uh-huh. is like being drunk.
2: Yeah. So decisions aren't very um, are, are not made with clarity and discernment. Um, perhaps you're more forgetful. You know, so you're not functioning at your best. So if it's important to me what I'm doing the next day, then I will make sure I make meet that deadline of going to bed early. But, you know, if nothing that significant is going on and the phone call is real interesting to me, I'll choose that. So it's a matter of awareness and choice, Ellen. Mm-hmm. What we're aware of, awake to... Then we can, there's a gap created energetically so that we don't automatically react. We can choose to respond and take action with clarity and focus. Okay.
1: Okay. So promises to yourself.
2: Promises to yourself are really important to keep as well as promises to um, others. Remember when you were a child and, and you do pinky swear? Yeah. Um, I like, when I make a promise, I kind of mentally, I love to imagine things. So I'm sort of mentally thinking I'm pinky swearing with the other person or even with my own monkey mind. Shut up for a while. <laughs> I'm going to do this. So So that... There, there are promises that are sacred. Mm-hmm. I know in the morning that to function um, effectively through the rest of the day, I need time to enter into my day. So I like to read inspirational literature or quotes or something that gets me into a state of mind where I can begin to reflect upon what are my goals for this day? How do I want to show up? What's more important to me, the drama or my vision? Mm -hmm. And am I more interested in my complaints or what I can contribute to a situation? Oh, the lure of complaints. Oh, the lure. You don't hear any of them,
1: do you? No, I never hear any complaining from the people I work with.
2: No, it's, it's uh, again, it's normal. Our brains are tipped towards the negative. So when we're working with other people, like, you have a large group of people to manage, mm-hmm. to direct. And... um so it's important to remember in communicating with them that their, their brain also is tipped towards the negative. They've got chatter going on. So how can you shift the focus of their attention towards something more interesting? What's a common goal that we share? What can we both learn from this situation? Is there a way that, that you could get some more support for what you're doing, in order to get it in on time. So
1: I'm picturing our staff meeting with all those people sitting around the table and all their brains tipped toward the negative. Yes,
2: isn't it nice? You're not encouraging me here. <laughs> That's why it's it's um, valuable to have common goals and intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, our goal here. Our, uh, what is our our yeah? Don't. What is our 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 mission? Is to help others.
1: Help and serve more people.
2: Yeah. And so if we're coming from a helping perspective, which is what we want to to do and serve more people, coming from that, you know, what's the best idea in the room for the action that's needed to be taken?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Rather than get caught up in the personalities. But the personalities are so seductive, aren't they? <laughs> they are. <laughs>
1: I have a business coach right now who... Keep, he's more unity than I am. He's, <laughs> he's not a unity person.
2: Isn't that wonderful? But He just
1: thinks that way. And he keeps reminding me that the energy with which we do anything goes with it. So if, for instance, I'm, I'm head of the communications department where we publish Daily Word in Unity magazine. And if there's a lot of conflict and drama around getting Daily Word done, which there usually isn't, but if there is, that energy goes with it out into the world. And I believe that. I think it's hard for some people to imagine it, but it's yet another reason to pay attention to consciousness as we are creating the ways that we want to help and serve more people.
2: Well, our co-founders,
1: Charles and Myrtle Fillmore,
2: said thoughts were things. Yes, yes. They are things to our bodies, to our minds, to our spirits, and to the world. It's a vibration we're sending out. Mm -hmm. So if we're doing something complaining all the way through it, it's not fun. It's not easy. There's not even the same satisfaction in what you get done. Right. And there's no chance for enjoyment. So what we're saying is consciousness involves not just being awake and aware to what's going on, but what is the what are the emotions that are being brought up too? We keep getting back to life is consciousness, don't we? Don't we over and over again? <laughs> yeah, and and from a gentle um, approach, you know, the Buddhists have a wonderful term that. Um, I might have even mentioned this on the on the show before, called Beginner's Mind. Yes. And I think of Beginner's Mind as, you know, like a child looks at an adventure. You know, eyes wide open, really excited about what's next and, oh, my gosh, and really enjoying the moment. Not so worried about what other people are thinking or what other people are necessarily doing. But what what can I? Contribute. What can I give to the situation? And there's not the judgment with everything. We all have, and we'll talk about this even more in in a future show. Structures of knowing things, like the way a, a student should learn, the way a mother should behave. Oh the, dear. The yes. way a minister.
1: Oh my gosh
2: should show up what a minister should wear how a minister could sh- should talk you know where should it on all the time
1: uh, it was years before i could accept myself as a minister because i didn't fit my own stereotype of what a minister is
2: well there's where i found it lucky to have ministers as parents cuz i saw who they really were you knew they were human <laughs> beings yes. I knew that my mother could, could be all heart in public and really cranky at home. <laughs> Forgive me, Mom, but I do model that myself. <laughs> wow. So the, the questions, the quality of the questions we're asking, instead of, of um, saying, you know, what's going on here? Looking for something that's missing or maybe wrong or that you're not safe, um, asking yourself, Is there something for me to learn Mm -hmm. as I'm looking at this situation? um, How might I contribute positively to the situation rather than I'm going to just shut up and back out of here, you know, because I don't want whatever we don't want.
1: I had a teacher for a long time who used to say, get really curious about
2: it. Yes.
1: Instead of focusing on what's wrong or how you're being mistreated, just get curious about what's happening, about how you're feeling about it, about what you're supposed to be learning from it, supposed Mm -hmm. to be, what you could learn from it. And I like that. Just get curious.
2: Well, I, um, as I observe you, Ellen, that's one of the qualities I most admire about you is oh. how curious you are about things. And it's that curiosity that has you ask people the, the important questions. That can um, allow you to to take the whole radio show and and uh, wrap it up nicely. Yeah. Because you're curious, you're paying attention, you're interested, you're listening deeply. They, these are the signs of a successful and effective leader. Wow.
1: Yeah. And you're good. Thank you. And right now we've got to wrap up this first <laughs> half. Uh, we'll listen to a few messages and then I'll be back with Reverend Carla McClellan. I'm Ellen Devonport with Voices of Unity.
2: Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The Voice of an Awakening World.
3: When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to UnityOnlineRadio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support.
0: Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Rev. Wendy Craig Purcell from Unity San Diego discussing change and transition. And as we begin to really identify the endings in our lives, to deal with them completely and wholly, to heal from them as we must... As we are willing to be in a time of not knowing, a time of uncertainty, but a time of trusting that there is a blueprint, there is a plan, there is a destiny... As we move successfully through these experiences, we will find that we are evolving and emerging into something new and different. And every one and everything that has been happening in your life, both the things that are easy and good and pleasant, and those things that are challenging and painful and difficult, are drivers for your own evolution. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org.
3: Did you know Unity has published a new book by Eric Butterworth? This wonderful writer and teacher who is loved by so many people left a recorded class called Practical Metaphysics that has now been turned into a book. It's vintage Butterworth. He explains how to live from a deeper state of consciousness and awaken to health, love, prosperity, and peace of mind. Practical Metaphysics. Find it online by going to unity.org and click Shop.
0: Would you like to show your support for Unity Online Radio? You can donate easily on your phone by texting the word VOICE to 50555 and donate $10 to support Unity Online Radio. It's easy to do, and your offering will help us keep inspirational and positive programming on the air. Remember, just text the word VOICE to 50555 and support your favorite shows on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Get inspired with Temple Hayes and the Intentional Spirit, Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central here
2: on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Each week, Temple shares tools and practices to help you thrive in the most challenging times. Temple also welcomes fascinating guests who share their stories and struggles on the spiritual path. Follow Temple on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date with the show. Become an intentional spirit with
0: Temple Hayes here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816 251 3555. That's 816 251 3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Devonport.
1: And we are back with Voices of Unity. I'm Ellen Devonport. We're talking for seven or eight weeks here with Reverend Carla McClellan. I think this is week four.
2: Yes, it is.
1: And her specialty is helping people design the life they want to live, to live with ease and grace. And Carla, while I'm thinking of it, tell people how to get in touch with you and learn more.
2: I have a website, lifecoachcarla.com. Um, you can message me through my website, um you can message me through Life Coach Carla Facebook page. I respond um, I have lots of people that message me through there. You can call me 816-572-2204. In fact, today's session with the questions, I'm going to give um, a list. My tips are gonna be empowering questions that expand the possibility of more creative thoughts coming into your mind. So I'm going to give a list of the questions. Some of you might not have a piece of paper and um, pen handy. Um, Email me and I'll send you the list um, because it's, it's amazing how you shift the energy when you ask certain kinds of questions. So email you where? Carla at lifecoachcarla.com. Okay. Or s- call me. So let's talk
1: some more about these questions because the topic is powerful questions to expand possibilities. So you're working with a vision mm-hmm. for your life. Under what circumstances do you ask these questions? Are they a daily thing or just when you get in trouble or what?
2: Um, It's a daily Uh, practice to observe what questions you're asking yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I start my day with asking myself, who am I willing to be today to produce something extraordinary? I know how to have an ordinary day. I can be on autopilot anytime I want to. But when I ask myself the question, who am I willing to be, then I've got some choices ahead of me. I actually write down on a piece of paper who I'm willing to be that day so I can keep it front and center of my brain. Remember, our creative problem-solving part of our brain is in our prefrontal lobes, in the, in the in the front of our brain. The back of our brain is where that Amygdala is that reacts all the time where that drunken monkey swings from tree limb (laughs) to tree limb, (laughs) worried out, worried out, worried out. So rather than asking myself what I'm afraid of today, I ask myself, am I willing to learn something new? In fact, it's a great question to ask your kids or your spouse or your grandkids. Did you learn anything new today? It sets, you know, we're talking about the energy of certain words that we use. Mm-hmm. Instead of, um, uh, oftentimes, my poor husband will walk in the door and I hit him with whatever problems that I can hold in my memory yeah. <laughs> before I forget, rather than saying, hey, you know, what'd you do that was fun today? Uh-huh. What'd you learn today? You know, tell me, um, you know, because I have a thirteen year old grandson who's who I'll say, how was school today? Fine. What'd you learn? Nothing new. <laughs> and then, and then I said, Nothing new? Well, tell me something I'd be surprised to hear that you did. And it's funny how just rewording things sort of catches people by surprise and think, oh, okay. And those self-reflective, they turn to asking themselves those questions. And it's surprising what will come out.
1: And probably paying more attention during the day, knowing I have this grandmother who's going to ask me <laughs> what I learned and I better what I better have something did. down there. So I better pay attention.
2: So when I see a client for the first time, um, I always ask, um, what's the most frustrating thing in your life right now? Because remember, brain tip towards the negative, right? So they can automatically come up with what's frustrating them. Yes. And then from then, I I go to okay, what would you what would you love? And I use the word love, but you know I understand that some people don't want to say <laughs> or can't say what they love. It's like some people can't say what they need. Right. You know, they just aren't aware of it yet. So if you were clear about what you most wanted for your life or your career in the next 12 months, what would you say?
1: I bet a lot of people have trouble with that. They do. But they can tell you instantly what they don't want, Mm -hmm. but not so much what they do want.
2: And that's why the questions that I ask that have them self-reflect allows the the, uh, possibilities to begin to emerge. So the more I get to know somebody and what's important to them, and all you have to do is listen to people. Mm-hmm. they might not be aware of it but they give you their answers <laughs> it's <a> beautiful process <laughs> how did you know that are you psychic oh yes no i just listened to what you said <laughs> um so what type of questions are powerful ones to ask um if you're overwhelmed or frustrated um, with your life, a powerful question to ask yourself is, who could support me right now in, um, in, in moving forward with this project, in learning a new skill, in um, accomplishing a goal? Who could support me? I promise you, my friends, you will say automatically no one I have to do it alone. It has to be me. I'll look weak if I ask for help. You know, I hear that drunken monkey chattering away. The truth of the matter is, and there's good, solid research to back this up, that leaders that are most respected are leaders who ask for and engage support because They show that they're willing to listen, to collaborate. They're not so um, closed off to new ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a leader now in Unity who who just loves new ideas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Our friend Jim Blake. Yes. He is a fountain of ideas. Isn't the, he, The though? CEO of Unity.
2: And they're all so creative and wonderful, and we're doing some great things. It's wonderful that he is so open. He And pretty much he will listen to whoever comes up to talk to
1: him. He will.
2: And he, and he's
1: talked about that, that. When he was first CEO, he would take a meeting with anybody, mm-hmm. listen to their ideas and proposals, and he's been here a little over two years now, and it's things are beginning to settle out. Some of those ideas have stuck and some haven't and sort of moved from the everything's possible stage into implementation of some specific things.
2: It's, it's an exciting time to be at Unity Village. It's an exciting time to be alive, too. What you've just described is how we bring a dream into reality. Oh, yeah? Yeah. First, we're looking at all possibilities, right? Yes. Then we have to focus on one possibility and, and really shape it and form it with our imagination and with our faith. And then we have to put action into um life in order to have that become demonstrated now we're not meant to do life alone or isolated and i don't know why whether it's our culture in america that it's pull yourself up by your bootstraps Mm -hmm. don't don't ask for help i think sometimes it's because we're a teenage country (laughs) 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 developmentally you know i can do
1: it myself i can do it
2: yes um or, or if it's just um, uh, the consciousness of the people, you know, we, we have a very creative consciousness in this country, a very entrepreneurial spirit.
1: And a pioneer heritage.
2: Absolutely.
1: I'll strike out on my own and yes. make it myself.
2: Yes. Only now we're finding it's not so much fun mm-hmm. <laughs> to do it by ourselves. I mean, that's my biggest lesson that I learned in ministry was I couldn't do it by myself. You know, I thought that the spirit within me, that, that small, still voice that I was so used to staying in touch with, even as a child, um, I needed other people, too, to amplify that voice in times of crisis. Because mm-hmm. we all experience crisis. And we don't always just go, oh, goody, another opportunity to learn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We might work our way around to that. It's not always the first reaction. It's not
2: the first one. So a powerful question to open the field of possibilities that I use is, what is the most interesting to me right now? What is the most interesting to me, the most interesting thought I can have? Huh. well right now it's um, um, I'm loving teaching a class to the ministerial students so when I'm focused on the classwork like tonight is is um, is a class when I'm focusing on what I will be teaching and learning with the students tonight I'm a lot more interested and engaged in my life mm-hmm. I could focus on my complaints you know, who the problem is and, you know, and that, but that's, that is not that interesting to me. And when I'm working with couples, I find that that is very helpful for them to ask one another when they're stuck in that control battle. What's most interesting to me, right? now? Yeah. What's the most interesting thought you can have right now? Because you know, they're thinking something, Yes, because they're they've done this battle before many times. Yes. So what is most interesting to me, you know? So what's my vision? What? Where do I want to direct my energy? What kind of relationship do I want to have with my partner? You know, haven't I done this battle enough? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Am, what can I learn and stretch and grow in here? Um, I used to think it, you know, repeating to my husband, I told you so, was valuable. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> and, you know, I learned after real um, several times that it wasn't that valuable. He knew. He heard my voice in his head. Mm-hmm. My husband loves to play the game of how um, how low can the gas gauge go. Oh. I don't like that game. No, It's not fun for me. (laughs) But he knows it's not fun for me for now. And, you know, when we run out of gas, I make him pay for it in other little ways. (laughs) Like you have to take me to the best restaurant in town. (laughs) But what really matters to me in life? So, Ellen, if I was to ask you that right now, what really matters to you? What might you say?
1: Let's see. Harmony matters to me right now. Um, feeling fulfilled matters. And meaning matters. Doing, doing something that I think is making a difference for other people.
2: Mm. So what did you find? What, were you, what was your experience when I asked you that question?
1: I felt like a deer in headlights.
2: Mm-hmm. After that?
1: I realized I had an answer.
2: <laughs> and um, was it okay to experience deer in the headlights?
1: Yes, for a second.
2: <laughs> I, so Why it, do you, you ask? Because so often when we get hit with that deer in the headlights... Um, We stop ourselves from going deeper. And when you went deeper to what does really matter to me, you went into the authentic Ellen, not the deer in the headlights. It's just a persona of Ellen. Um, When you went deeper inside of yourself, you did know what was important to you. Mm -hmm. So deer in the headlights is a freeze. Yes, yes. I also have a freeze with myself, too. So when you hit the freeze, you go, oh, yeah, I've been there before. That's not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a monkey mind symptom. Oh, okay. It's just one of those. Here's a banana. Go sit in the corner.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm more interested in in sharing with my audience what matters to me, Ellen, the person.
1: And it'll change at different times, right? What really matters to me in life mm-hmm. could even change day to day.
2: Well, I remember as my mother got uh, older and um, ran into some limitations, health limitations, and she said, what? Because what? she was a, one of those doers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she said she had two speeds, full out and off. <laughs> you know, and I I understand that. She said, what purpose am I fulfilling right now? Mm-hmm. And I, I was at the end of her life, every morning we prayed together, and it was the most beautiful experience I have ever had. Mm-hmm. So all the other memories of my mother fade away, and I said, you are changing, lifting the consciousness of the world. What more... Could you possibly do? Because you're focused on that, sitting in that chair with nothing else going on but what you wish for the world to experience. Peace and harmony and joy and, and love and life. Hmm. So um, what really matters to me is a very important question to expand your experience of life. Another one is, and you mentioned it, how might what I'm going through help others? You know, it. when I was going through the grieving process, not right away, but a year into it, mm-hmm. I started to, to wake up to that. Oh, this will make me more compassionate as I go through it. I now know what to say or not to say to people who have lost a child. Right. You know, that is valuable um, to be able to share with somebody. Um, to know it's not what you say, but but how you be with the person. The mm-hmm. touch is important. Hmm. Curiosity. What's here for me to explore? Bad. Oh. Rather than it either has to be this or that, which puts us in a stressful situation, which shuts down our frontal lobes, What's here for me to explore? Hmm. Yeah. Getting curious. Getting curious. Yes. Um, and
1: well, Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. What well, might be here for me to explore? I mean, I just need an example, I guess.
2: Oh, um, okay. So um, let's say
1: you're having a fight with your husband. Yes. What might be there for you to explore?
2: Well, for me, I hate to repeat patterns that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. So is this a pattern? Is this familiar to me? Have we done this fight before? Usually the answer is yes. So if I go within, what is there for me to explore within myself? Am I reacting or am I truly responding? Am I coming from fear or from love? from a willingness to accept what is right here in front of us, or am I um, fighting against what is right here in front of us? Uh-huh. So what's there for me to explore? Children ask questions all the time. Yes. They're constantly asking why, 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 why. We We never should give that up. Because with each why, we go deeper into who we truly are. Our why, why am I here with you today for this radio show? Well, I'm here, hopefully, to be making a contribution into the listeners' lives with other questions they can ask themselves rather than the same old, same old questions. Because like I shared before, 90% of what we think today we thought yesterday and 90% of the day before. So how do we think new thoughts?
1: By asking better questions.
2: Yes. And ah, also, okay. um, our our fourth principle.
1: Prayer and meditation.
2: And the brilliant gift of silence. Hmm. Do you ever feel like you just long <laughs> for the silence? Yes. And I find that um, the more that I engage in life, the more I want to listen to others than to hear myself talk. Whereas when I was younger, I think it was more the other way. Ooh, I want to be a part of. So, therefore, I'm going to ask a question. Now, I like to be quiet, believe it or not, (laughs) and listen. You know, we
1: talk in Unity a lot about the silence. Mm -hmm. Charles Fillmore, the co-founder, talked about the silence, and he didn't mean getting into a quiet place. I mean, it might include that, Mm -hmm. but the silence is something that happens within, and I know that because when I try to meditate, the monkey mind is just as loud as ever. So I'm, I'm not really getting silence for about the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I've noticed it takes about 10 minutes just to settle down. And I'll have some brief spells of what feels like silence. Apparently he could do it in a noisy room. His granddaughter, Rosemary, used to tell the story of being at his house, and he was just sitting in a chair with his eyes closed. And she thought everybody's grandfather went into the silence. So we know he was doing it with grandchildren running around.
2: Mm -hmm. So it wasn't
1: about being quiet, per se.
2: No, or not involved, engaged. Mm -hmm. It was a choice to be engaged with, um, oh, if you will, the voice of wisdom within. You know, she also, um, Rosemary and my mother were really good friends. Oh, really? And um, uh, so it was cute to watch the two of them unitize together. but, (laughs) But they didn't go to the doctor. You know, Papa Charlie went into the silence.
1: And healed them?
2: And healed them. So, I mean, they just grew up. Um, Rosemary particular uh, 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 didn't did not fall victim to a lot of illnesses mm-hmm. because she had this faith and trust in her grandfather, and if her grandfather said, then she believed.
1: And belief is what makes the difference. Absolutely, interesting.
2: Absolutely. So. The cool thing is, is you can have belief for somebody else. Um, I'm finding I'm 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 getting more and more millennials as clients mm-hmm. and because I want them. <laughs> I love them. I love their energy. I love their creativity. Yeah. Um, but they also have incredible monkey minds. So sometimes when I'm talking spiritual principles to them, they want to believe. But they just can't. So I say, can you believe that I believe for you? Oh, well, yeah, I can believe uh, Coach Carl is holding that for me. Mm -hmm. Then you can get on with (laughs) getting past the monkey mind. We're all going to have obstacles in our way, challenges. And we want to have them because that's how we grow. So, another question that I love is what is a game worth playing and goals worth playing for?
1: Are you saying life is a game? Yep.
2: Really? Yes. Remember that um, Florence Shin Shovel? Florence <laughs> Scovel Shin. <laughs> yes. I think that was one of the first books as a teenager I picked up.
1: The Game of Life and How to Play It. The
2: Game of Life and How to Play It because it was simple and it made sense to me. There was a practical application I can use. So I envision a playing field. And um, luckily in the coaching model I'm I'm trained in, that is the model that... um, the the founder, Maria Nemov, came up with was like this, the playing field. It takes, playing a game takes the pressure off. Now, the game can be very, very, very important to you. And it should be because you're investing your energy towards it. But to think of it like a game makes it more fun. In every game, you need a coach, right? <laughs> you need players to play yes. with. So, you know, there's always opposition, right?
1: Yes.
0: I,
2: you know, when I watch the Chiefs play, it, I r- remind myself it's okay if they lose one game. Just one. <laughs> Just one. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so asking yourself, what's a game worth playing? Okay, so right now as we're moving into, we're coming up in Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, so our thoughts lean to, okay, Halloween which I I don't care for that much, but how to be with our family. So um, thinking in terms of moving towards Thanksgiving, I ask myself, how might I do things this year with clarity, focus, ease, and grace?
1: I love that. We're out of time again. I'm so glad you're here for several (laughs) weeks because we never seem to finish the conversation, do we? No. Thank you so much for being here today. This is Carla McClellan with me. I'm Ellen Debenport, and this has been Voices of Unity.
2: Remember, email me, and I'll give you the list of questions you can ask yourself.
1: Because there's some we didn't get to. (laughs) Thanks for joining us.